This is your host, Terry Noland, and this is your community. Come on in, grab a seat, and strap in. Here we are, friends, for episode two in our series on literacy leaders belong to a community. Hope you listened last week. If not, go back and grab that when we went over three separate of being in a community. And we're going to round that out today with five more. So eight different things for us to consider when it comes to being a part of a community. It's essential for literacy leaders to be involved in community. It's essential not just for literacy leaders. It's essential in what we do as a human being. As I mentioned last week, we're all a part of different communities, whether it be your work community, your your family, Family. Your family is a community, that nucleus family, and as you get larger and expand out to all of your relatives, it's your community in your local neighborhoods, in your social clubs and groups. We all need community. It's like that basic human connection, and it allows us to grow. It allows us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's why community is so important. At Learning Ally, we've got a community of educators. It is growing wildly, and we want you a part of that community. In that community, we do more than just learn about reading and literacy. We learn about growth. We learn about leadership. We learn about changing what's happening in education with our students, changing it for good and great. You know what? There's goodness in education right now. There is such goodness. Teachers pouring in to your students, leaders, administrators pouring into your staff. Let's move from good to great. And we need to do that through community. Last week, I talked about several things. So let's go over those three things and then dive right into the other five. One thing is a community provides support. It provides this element of safety. When I think about communities and and feeling safe. It's like you kind of go go out into the world and you're disconnected from your community of your like-minded friends and, and neighbors. And then you got to come back to get that element of safety. You go out in the world and then you got to come back. You go out and it's like you're coming back to the well to get filled because I feel supported. I feel safe. We also talked about connection and belonging. You're not alone. When we just teach inside those four walls, when we are administrators inside that building, we sometimes feel isolated. I know when I was in the classroom, it was a sense of isolation that, of course, my kids were there. But what were other people doing outside of my four walls? Community allows us to connect. It allows us to belong. It also allows us to to have that influence and inspiration that we need to dig deep, to think bigger, to dream larger, because we see other people doing it, and it influences us to do the same. All right, let's jump right in to our other five considerations of what it means to belong to a community. All right, number four in that list is sharing. I know when I was in the classroom, one of the greatest attributes was when 
we would get into the afternoon and and of course this was in a preschool and and you know afternoon naps come along and hey i think there should be afternoon naps for for educators but you know we'll we'll push that one home another time sharing what we would do is we would gather together and everybody would get their lesson plans and we would we would team and we would plan together and what are you going to integrate oh my goodness that's a great idea how can i adjust in my classroom guys we've all done it but have you done it with intentionality to know that is essential just like breathing it's essential to share with one another it's essential to be able to spark ideas with one another there is a concept at pixar called plussing plussing I use this term all the time. I, I use the word plussing. I use the word up level. And then somebody comes with an idea and I'm going to say, I'm going to plus you up. I'm going to up level you. Let's take it to the next level. And you do the same for me in that reciprocal relationship. Because when we share, it gets better. It gets better. It gets more solid. It gets more clear. The actions on that return are greater for our students. If it's just me sitting in a room brainstorming, yeah, I can come up with some okay stuff. Some things that'll be effective. Yes, absolutely. But when you plus me up, when you up-level me, when we share together, that's a whole new level. And we can only do that through a community. Literacy leaders need to belong to a community. I can't tell you how much I have learned from people in a community of like-minded individuals when it comes to explicit teaching of the lower level re reading skills. I have learned so much and I integrate those little tweaks into my instruction with my students. And, and it just makes me better. And if I get better, guess who gets better? My kids get better around me. When I get good, they get great. So sharing is a critical component of being a part of a community. The other thing is communities allow me to learn. It's almost like you can't even separate out the sharing and the learning because it goes together. When you push me a little bit farther, when you push me, it says I'm learning, I'm growing. There's a concept that John Maxwell talks about in his book, The 15 Laws of Growth. It's called the rubber band concept, the, the rubber band, the law of the rubber band. And, and in that law, it says that a rubber band only works when it's been stretched. Love this concept. I love this thinking because my goodness, we use rubber bands every day. We understand how they work, but did you ever apply that lens and that understanding to the rubber band? That rubber band is not useful until it's been stretched. That's when it's useful. That's when it holds its power, when it's stretched. And when we join communities, iron sharpens iron. I get better. I learn things. When we started the Learning Ally community a couple of years ago, I had no idea what it meant to run an online community. Now, that may be an exaggeration. I, I knew. I knew we wanted to create a space where educators could come together and and say what was on their heart and in their mind and ask questions and we could get a community of people to respond. But you know what? I didn't even realize at that point. 
I didn't even realize how much technology, how much of analytics and creating a maximum user experience fed in to the community platform. I didn't know all that stuff. And honestly, honestly, I didn't care. I just wanted to love on the people. But what I quick, quickly realized was that stuff matters. Because if we're going to create a community, you don't want to go to a community where it's chaos, where it's not easy, where things aren't smooth. That's not the experience you want to be a part of. You want to be a part of a community where it it is smooth, where I I feel good, where clicks are easy, right? But we're always we're always up leveling, we're always plussing. And this became so evident and clear to me when we brought on our community manager here at Learning Ally, Elizabeth. Many of you know her. And she made me learn. She made me grow. She's telling me things about platform and experience that I never could have imagined. I didn't know that stuff. Like I said, I didn't care to know that stuff. And then I quickly realized I should care. I need to care. Because it's the experience that makes it better. I needed to learn. I needed to be stretched. I needed to be pushed. And sometimes when we get pushed in the direction of our dreams, we get a little scared. We get a little scared. But once again, that's where that community comes in and lifts me up, supports me. I'm safe here. Let me learn. Let me fail. Let me admit when I'm wrong. Communities allow us to do that. So that one was all about communities force us to be learners. I love learning and I love learning from each other. I love learning from you. I hope you love learning something from me. I hope I have something of value to share because I know you have value to share right back with me. Okay, let's move in to number six. Number six is acceptance acceptance. It all of these my goodness they just go hand in hand and interweave. There's so much intersectionality between all of these components. Acceptance. It's like belonging, right? You I belong here. And in our literacy leadership community, we want you to belong. We want you to be accepted. Now, I want to make something very clear. Very clear acceptance does not imply agreement. Hear me again, acceptance does not imply agreement. It doesn't mean we all got to get together and everybody says, yes, 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 yes. It's okay to say, no, you know what? That's not the way that I've understood it. The way I've understood it is da-da-da-da-da right? You just get in there and have good, healthy conversations. And I accept your opinions. I accept your facts. I accept those things. It doesn't mean we have to agree, but it says we do have to get along. We have to assume positive intent with each other. I can't get defensive when somebody says that we need to spend the bulk of our time on phonemic awareness and get those sounds right before we ever move on to that orthographic mapping. No, I mean, let's don't get in a tiff. 
acceptance says, let's hear you. Let's go back to the science. What does it say? What does the science say? What can we prove? Communities allow us to do that. Let me go back to assume positive intent. Those are three words that have been one of the most transformational things in my mind. So often I want to react. You say something I don't like, I want to react. I want to get defensive. I want to put my my fighting hands up. Because how dare you? And you know what? When I brought in those three words into my life, assume positive intent. We're here for the kids. We're here for those students. And we're all trying to do what's right for them. And if I look at you with positive intent, then then I'm able to see your perspective without getting angry. I'm able to say, yeah, okay, let me let me accept. Let me let me hear what you're saying. We may not agree on what we're saying, but I but I accept the fact that you are here and a part of this community. Let's do that. Let's do that. I see so much back and forth and bickering. That'll wear out your soul. That'll make your heart hurt at the end of the day. I don't want to go to bed with a hurting heart. I want to be a part of a place where acceptance is the norm. Okay, number seven. Number seven, we want to be a part of a community to widen our circle. We want our circles to get bigger. We want our circles to expand. I love the fact in our community, we can have a reading intervention person that sits on the East Coast and they get connected to someone of the same title and grade level on the West Coast. If you're not a part of a community, you never get to meet that person. I want you to run into a community and meet people, interact with people and say, who do you know that I need to know? Let's grow our circles. You do realize that there's principles that said you become, you become the total of the five people closest to you. Could be a bad thing or a good thing, depending upon who are the five people around you. But you know what? I want to continually to grow my circle. I want to continually widen my circle. I want to continually push my thoughts and my knowledge and my understanding and my learning. I want to widen my circle. When we widen our circle, it goes back to learning. We get bigger because the people around me are are different and bring different perspectives. And it pushes my brain and it pushes my knowledge. In literacy, we need that. Not just in literacy and everything. We need to be a part of a community that allows for this widening of the circle. All right. The last one, and I'm going to point some fingers back at me on this last one. And this last one is, if you're going to be a part of a community, there has to be a call to conversation. There has to be. Now, here's why I'm pointing the fingers back at me, because I am a part of some communities where I'm the watcher, I'm the lurker, where I just sit on the sidelines and kind of listen, read, don't interact, 
Don't ask a question. Don't offer a thought. Just sit back. I, I you know, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I, y- y- y'all go ahead. I'll just sit here on the wall, see what happens out there on the dance floor. And you know what? In that type of a community, you you can be a learner. You will. You will because you watch people and you hear things and your thoughts are pushed. I gotcha. But you know where community starts to feel like home is when you get out on the dance floor. Is when you respond to somebody's written comment, when you reply, when you answer questions, when you heart something and like something and send an emoji and somebody hearts you right back. Because it will happen. Boomerang. Whatever you give comes right back to you. There is a call to conversation. Because you learn sitting on the wall, but you'll grow on the dance floor. Coretta Scott King says, the greatest part of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. And if you're just sitting on the wall, you're not acting. There is a call to conversation. There is a call to acting. If we were in a space where nobody interacted, it wouldn't even be a community at all. If you went to an in-person group and sat around in a circle of chairs and nobody said a word and they were just there to be listeners, what value would you find in that community? There wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be any. You'd just be sitting there staring at each other. That's not community. Be a part of a community where you are actively involved and push yourself, do it on your terms. Maybe challenge yourself, why not? Once again, I said, I'm pointing the fingers back at me just as much as I am saying this as a call to action because I've done that. And I know full well in the deep parts of my stomach, I know I'll engage more, learn more, grow more, smile more when I'm on the dance floor instead of sitting on the wall. All right. We've gone through two weeks worth of considerations when it comes to being part of a community. Let's review those. Number one, there's support and safety. Number two, We have such connection and belonging. Number three, it's a place where we influence and inspire. Number four, we share with one another. Number five, there is such learning and opportunities for personal growth. This could be a part of your personal growth plan to be a part of a community. Add it in. There is acceptance in a community. Communities allow us to widen our circles. And finally, there's a call to conversation. There's a call. Answer the call. Don't let it just ring. Answer the call. I've said this quote before, I'll say it again. And I think it's just so relevant in this moment, talking about communities and and what a community can do for you as a literacy leader. Be good at what you do. Be great at who you are. Be good at what you do. Be great at who you are. And in order to get great, get in a community. There's tons of communities. 
on Facebook. And of course, I invite you in to the Learning Ally Educator community. We've got spaces for you to join. We're on Instagram. We want you there. I need to see you. I need to hear from you. I want to hear you answer that call. Community is important, friends. I want you to come and join me in my community. Until next time, literacy leaders, get involved. Thank you for going on the journey today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for continuing to grow and learn. If we are going to make an impact on education, create significance in the lives of our students, we need you. If you want to learn more about Learning Ally, visit us at learningally.org and be a part of a transformational community.